Welcome, everyone, to the Stickos Community Podcast. This is our podcast for the week of... Oh, hey, Blue. Welcome, everyone. And Blue shows up. And Blue shows up. <laughs> perfect timing. We're just going to leave it all in. It's fine. It's perfect. <laughs> Setting up the mic, everything. I love this it. is great. Leave this in. Yeah, no, in. I'm going, I'll, I'll trim some of the silence out, but we're absolutely leaving most of this in. Yeah. <laughs> totally. He's ready so to go. I'm, I'm converting all the old episodes to youtube videos now so i can post them and watching them get longer and longer as we go <laughs> is absolutely hilarious Smart, <laughs> indeed. when we start to build a rapport and we talk about anything ridiculous so mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun so that was our welcome welcome uh, this is our episode for tonight is i can't say week anymore so we're gonna say this is our episode we're recording this on january 15th during the Bengals game with me tonight as always, Commissioner Escalante and our guests, we have Pit Girl, Andrew, and Blue. Pit Girl, how are you doing? I'm good. I had people over and was just playing D&D, so it's a good night. Andrew, how are you? Good. Enjoying the Big Ten West game we're having. It's, it's starting to get some offense now, so that's a little disconcerting, but I'm doing well. <laughs> Blue, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. I know we were having a conversation in the chat about nerds. Well, I was playing Stellaris. Nice! Trying to get my kids it. to get to sleep. Uh, just lost a war, and so not too not too thrilled about it. Our our pacifist mindset is now telling us, you know what, we're good at science. So we're going to science some really big ships with Pick really call. big lasers. Kamesh, how are you? Just been an interesting week, battling through a crazy amount of work and just dealing with some illness throughout the family. I'm just happy to be here, uh, and I really enjoyed the the Vikings game where they they their main offensive weapon was an Iowa tight end. Yes. So that that you know that was just good vibes for the Sickos Committee podcast. I'll say that. Thank you so much, TJ Hawkinson. I appreciate your effort. It's funny watching these games again because I don't watch a ton of I don't watch a ton of NFL. There you go watching those games and seeing people introduce themselves either by their university or just by their hometown or wherever high school they went to, they get to the point of just like, nope, I'm good on this. I I don't feel the need to actually credit wherever I went. Blue, saying you're playing Stellaris made me realize that we could have a lot of fun playing Diplomacy. Like, get like nine of us together oh, and play Diplomacy. Yes. Please. Just absolutely. Please. No, because I want to talk to you guys again. And diplomacy always ends with like hurt feelings and people throwing things. I played diplomacy for a class in college once. Oh. Jesus Christ! There were there were multiple friendships ruined by diplomacy and undergrad from on my end. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. At least it's not risk. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, the the thing with the risk is that it, it at least ends at some point. Diplomacy goes like eight nine hours. Mm-hmm. It's just oh god. Although you're, you're I will say. That you can use any game to like pursue petty rivalries. Um, before we played D&D today, Obnoxiously Fit Boyfriend and our friends and I played like three rounds of Locust. And that is not any kind of like political game. You still always pick someone to like box into their corner. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it goes. What were you going to say, Kamesh? I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, so... Y'all enjoy <laughs> that, whatever this Oh, is no, called. we're, we're, we're going to drag you into this one, too, because this is... This is, this is tons of fun. Kamish labeled this episode as off-season adventures because it's going to be sort of a grab bag of things going on right now in college football, for better or worse. We'll start with our top story, which is Davo stealing Garrett Riley from TCU for offensive coordinator. I think that 
there was very little chance that Garrett Riley was going to stay at TCU after this year. I didn't see him going to Clemson, but this is a good move. I'm excited about this. This was, it was one that was just completely quiet. It, it kind of came out of nowhere, which is very strange because Clemson fired their old offensive coordinator. And then like four hours later, it, Hey, we got Garrett Riley. <laughs> I was just like, what? What? This is, it doesn't seem like something typically that Clemson would do. And for them to do something like this just really made my ears perk up and my eyebrows raised to see something like this. Yeah, I mean, Dabo's, like, notoriously loyal to his guys, but I think the last couple of seasons have shown that, like, there were some things that needed to change there. So it is not all that surprising to see this happen um, in some ways, but it is a little bit surprising that it was just kind of like, yoink, and that was the end of it. That was the the most part. It was just like, what? Uh, uh, Okay, what? You know, it was just like, it was like a series of three tweets, which, you know, if you're on the For You tab, you know, you'd probably be a little bit behind if you don't flip it back to the following tab. Yeah. Um, to your point, Pit Girl, um, one of the things that you're saying is, you know, in the last few seasons, well, the first thing you have to look at is uh, Coach Elliott was their offensive coordinator. He's now the head coach at UVA. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach Brennables, he was the defensive quarter, longtime defensive coordinator. I think even going back to uh, one of the Bowden sons, uh, he was there. He's now the head coach at Oklahoma. So even though he had that loyalty, when guys start, you know, coaches start getting those head coaching calls, you know, they don't always, you know, that loyalty, maybe, you know, that's great. You've been loyal to me, but I get to go be the guy right. at these two P5 programs. And so, you know, you lose your offensive and your, co- your defensive coordinator. And so now, you know, you got this guy in there. Maybe it's the quarterback or maybe it's this guy. I got I, I get rid of both and we'll find out next year if maybe it's not and you, new quarterback, new OC, and we'll go from there. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Blue. Did you just call him Brennables? <laughs> like you combine <laughs> his first and last like name that. together? I like, I like that. that so he's Coach not Brennables. He's not, he's not Bren- Venables. He's he's no. Brennables. He's Brennables. That's right. <laughs> Coach Brennables. I love Excuse that. me. That's it. He's he's Bre- head coach Brennables. Brennables sounds like the worst breakfast cereal ever. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking like a really, really horrible lunchable. Mm. Like you know, you know, just the one the the bottom basement lunchable, like the knockoff brand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, mama got me Brennables again. Oh no, I got Brennables. Will you trade me for one of your Oreos? No, man. All I got is I got a Brennables and a Hydrox. No, but you're right. You know, Coach Venables, Coach Brent Venables. (laughs) Brennables. No, we're we're sticking with Brennables. Sorry, Blue. That's right. The the cat's out of the back. Make sure sure you put that on the Twitter, you know, so he (laughs) could see it and come after me. But, you know, these are guys that had been at Clemson for a long time. And like you said, even though he's loyal, if the hot young guy just took his offense to the national championship, running whatever it was he's running, which is, basically max duggan into the ground you know <laughs> yep hey you, you get that guy and tell him look we got club nick and maybe run him into the ground and we'll go to the national championship game i think that to what you said blue that everyone the clemson hires from within they promote mm-hmm. so you have their current dc uh west goodwin who has been there as a ga since 2009 uh their co-defensive coordinator mike khan sorry mickey khan 
has been there since 2016. Like they've all been promoted from within. And so to bring someone in is weird for Clemson. Mm-hmm. Do we know if the get back guy that was uh, behind coach Brennables is still at Clemson or if he went to Oklahoma? I would think he'd have to go to OU. I, I thought I heard he was at Oklahoma. Yeah. That was my last, I don't know. My last word on that. I love that dude. He's, he's so good about gingerly grabbing <laughs> around the waist. He's lots of, lots of like, it looks like he's about to lift him up like like a ballet a ballet dancer. <laughs> like it's a, a good like hip grab. <laughs> and there's like the shirt grab with just like the fingertips. That's so good. That's great. I wonder if they're because I've been we've been getting these tweets because I follow on their account like all sorts of random shit. And Ohio's having their big high school coach convention, whatever. And they have clinics. You know, like any professional development thing, they have clinics. And I want to see, you know, the get fetch, the, the get guide to being a get back coach. <laughs> All the proper grabs and the, the holes you can have. I think that's like a camp that maybe the, the Twitter guy, three-year letterman, would host. Oh, uh, be good. <laughs> the get back well, coach camp. A lot of those guys are, are strength and conditioning coaches, right? So, oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, you know, I, they do have their own, they, they do have their own world and, you know, it's super exciting to see some of those guys who, you know, you may not know, they may not be the name brand, but then you see him show up and it's like, yeah, I'm here now. And I remember that guy as a player and now he's doing this other thing. And I've always, like you said, it's always fun to see him when they make the montages on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So putting the coach in a, in, a, in a headlock and pulling him back from the, from the field of play. Yeah. As a Pitt fan, we love a get back coach. I can't imagine. No, that's a lie because I, when I was teaching high school for just a little bit, I had the problem at our contests for marching band, the director could not be on the field. That's the big mm. one rule. And so I had a tendency to lean forward very <laughs> closely and other directors would have to like grab me and like take me back. <laughs> you, had a, you had your own get back coach. Marching band get back coach. Really, it's, it's innovative and impressive if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cutting edge. I mean, from the tone of your your band tweets, so I I could probably see it. Honestly, <laughs> you, you may need one. Maybe you need a get back coach for your tweets too about bands. That's you, man. You're my get back coach for all my tweets. <laughs> oh, that's it. I, that's it. All right, commissioner and get back band mm-hmm. tweet coach. <laughs> hey, Kamish, I want to apologize to you for something. We stole your quarterback. <laughs> you did, you bastard. I know. How dare you? I want to say that ULM to North Texas is a vertical move. I'm not sure about that. Well, I mean, North Texas is going to be in the American next year. Sure. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So okay. moving from the Sun Belt to the new American conference, uh, probably a, a bigger move. Uh, I, I'm not pleased. Again, we'll probably be the only podcast talking about this transfer. Uh, ULM's former quarterback, Chandler Rogers, has he entered the transfer portal and Jordan's mean green, mean, mean green snagged him oh, in the portal. or something. Whatever. So he went, I don't even know. Uh, 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 there's the eagle, right? So he went from being a yeah. war hawk to an eagle, mm-hmm. so to speak. Scrappy. Scrappy uh, with the sad eyebrows. Scrappy. Sad eyebrow scrappy. That's crazy. I, I, I heard that he had an offer at Indiana. Um, I was just like, man, it's not good for ULM when they're starting quarterbacks. Like, I'm going to go enter the transfer portal. And then he winds up at North Texas. So enjoy him. He's fun. Yeah, no, he, he was a lot of fun. I remember I've watched him plenty this year. 
I'm excited. North Texas has, you know, a complete turnover. Did Austin on decide to go to the NFL or did he enter the transfer portal? I believe, I think he went to the transfer portal, but I don't know if he's declared for the the draft. I don't. I think he did both. Okay. Sure. Oh, so no, time out. He declared for the draft, then changed his mind and then changed his mind again. So he redeclared for the draft. Okay. There's a lot of articles about him changing his mind. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that he, the uh, the QB from ULM had an offer to Indiana because Indiana just got a transfer from Tennessee at quarterback. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that could be why he may have reconsidered where he was going. North Texas, it's near, is, I'm sorry, is it near the Metroplex or actually in the Metroplex? Is, is Denton the Metroplex? Denton is technically in the Metroplex, yes. Okay, so you know maybe he sees the Metroplex as a great place to be, which I think it is. Uh, then he's in the American, like I said, and I think there's a new coach out in uh, for yep. mean for the for the Mean Green. So, you know, new coaches, new beginnings, uh, new locations. I, I think it's a great move. I mean, I I, I I wish the best for North Texas, and I hope it's next man up at ULM. Well, he's from the Metroplex too, so it makes sense. That also makes sense. I mean, he just really had to drive four hours on I twenty. He's there. Mm-hmm. So do you guys, do you know if you have another quarterback coming up? Do you have someone, <laughs> is Terry going to play Superback U next year? I don't know. I, I I really don't know. There's there's a few quarterbacks that, that we have. Um, there's, there's one guy named Jaya Wright. Okay. Then there's another one named Garrett Habel. Sure. Sure. Zach Shaw. So I, the, only one of them have a picture. So well, that's uh, always, <laughs> always a good sign. <laughs> Not necessarily. Always a good sign. Um, yes. So th- there's been some recruits or like they got some QBs in the transfer portal, but I can't find any information on them. Quarterback contest. I like this. Definitely going to be probably a, a competition for the QB position for ULM. Starting so. this summer, we're going to tweet at Terry Bowden every single day. Who's QB one coach? Who's QB one? <laughs> we'll see if they, we'll see if they respond at all. <laughs> You're not the necessarily old, too active old- on Twitter. We are the only news source demanding to find out who ULM's QB1 is. Man, you know how social media managers could be so happy that someone's driving engagement? Exactly. Yeah, it's us. That's right. Okay, so I, I pulled up the ULM Instagram. Here we go. So there's a, they just got a, a quarterback from Fort Lauderdale. His name is Blake Murphy. That's a Fort Lauderdale um, name. Yeah. 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 He looks short, but I mean, <laughs> Let's let's run the triple option. Let's go. Whatever. Oh my uh, god. ULM triple option. <laughs> Holy yes. shit. He, yes. he looks short in the Please. picture. Hold on. Does he look short in the picture or does he yes. just he looks look short, short in the picture? <laughs> oh, okay. Um there's they got a quarterback from the Raging Cajuns. His name is Hunter Herring. He's actually from Monroe. He looks like a linebacker. He's like 6'5, 205. <laughs> Hunter so Herring, option, right? B. So yeah, option. Yes. The other quarterback that we got from Fort Lauderdale, he is 5'10", 175. So, uh, oh, he is a he, he is a petite little thing. He's he's my height, <laughs> and uh, definitely not my weight because I'm way over that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so more news on people moving around. Ole Miss picks up a very good defensive coordinator. They get Alabama's Pete Golding. I don't know what the truck of money they got pulled up to his house was, but it must be impressive. This this is the first thing I've ever seen on message board geniuses 
where both mm-hmm. fan bases were happy. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and so, like, all the Alabama fans were like, oh, my God, we're free. He's gone. And then, like, all the old Miss comments were like, let's fucking go. We got to finally got a good defensive coordinator. I just want to take this moment to remind everyone that Pitt held Tennessee to 34 points. That's, That's true. all I have to say. Okay. <laughs> Do we think this was a you can't fire me, I quit situation? And he called Lane. I don't think so. My reasoning for that is the University of Mississippi in the last season had two defensive coordinators. What I think happened was Lane, who I do think is a good coach, looked at that two defensive coordinators and said, we are giving up an obscene amount of points every week. Oh, yeah. And if we don't do something, I don't care what it is, anything, we are going to give up an obscene amount of points again in 2023 and said, what is the best guy I can get that may, to your point, want out? And so you call up your your old boss and say, hey, boss, send me your DC. And then he they backed up the Brink struck for Golding. I, you know, I don't know if Golding is an upgrade over the two guys he has. He probably is. It's likely he is. But like you said, defense, you may, you may not think defense was a problem, but the people who watch Tennessee score 46 on them do. And the people that watch LSU score, whatever they scored on them do. Point, point, point. I don't think it was the problem. Their defense looked great in most of their games, especially the bowl game, especially against Auburn. But they looked at the two losses and said, well, I mean, you let a team we have that hasn't beat us in 16 years score 40-something points and tear down the goalposts. Mm-hmm. We forget sometimes these rivalry games matter, even if one side is doing all the winning. You lose that game, and all of a sudden it's like, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to us. Holy bejesus. Do you know – so, one, I didn't realize that Lane had two co-offensive coordinators and two – co-defensive coordinators he sure did yeah <laughs> but yep. more importantly i didn't realize who one of his co-offensive coordinators was that would be charlie weiss jr that would be and charlie weiss that. jr holy yes. shit we talked about this in fact jordan you and i talked about this during the egg bowl oh that, man it's been fucking forever that, that was like decades ago as far as on my brain i know i know and we we had that conversation because somebody asked where it where is Charlie Weiss Jr. right now? Oh, I remember that. And you and I talked. I said, he is on the sideline. And oh. the other offensive coordinator, and they said, Crumb, the other offensive coordinator, is in the booth. That's. Would anyone but care I, to yes. guess how many total yards Tennessee had against Alabama? Oh, it was like over seven. Are we, pl- we going to do Price is Right? <laughs> yeah, Price is Right. Okay. You want to put the music in again? I do, (laughs) and I I'm I'm gonna say 751. 700. So is it like over? If you're if you're over, you lose. Closest to the hole. Closest to the hole without going over. Um, 733. All right, I'm gonna go low. Uh, I'm not gonna do the prices right thing where I I guess one yard. One yard. One yard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. I guess one yard. You are correct, Kamish. It was 567. Alabama actually had 569 yards. They outgained Tennessee by two yards, but lost by three points, which is what actually matters. Uh, So, Offensive yardage does not matter. We've covered this. That's right. Kirk Ferentz, legend of the game. 500 yards is still a lot. I mean, look, love you, Iowa, 2022 Sickos National Champions, but I will say this. He may not think yards matter. He doesn't think touchdowns matter either. Oh, he did. Go Hawkeyes. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. So, 
so he took a private flight to just to Oxford. Yes, seriously. They that's right. They, Lane Kiffin posted a picture of a private jet in a hangar, and then later there was a video of Pete Golding ste- stepping out of the private jet at the airport. So yes, I uh, didn't connect those things. That's right. I, I, I I'm believing <laughs> there was a private jet to go pick up Pete Golding from Tuscaloosa to go back to Oxford, Mississippi. I have a procedural question here. <laughs> what is the airport you get in from Tuscaloosa that goes directly to Oxford on a private jet? Well, you just charter it. You, you charter it. There's, there's got to be do an Oxford of, airport. Do yeah. both of these small, small-ish cities have municipal airports for this? I guess so, because... It's the University of Oxford Airport. That's yeah. right. Okay. Um, and then yeah. I believe Tuscaloosa has one, like a regional airport. Awesome. I, I assumed that they went to bigger airports to fly, yep. but... Tuscaloosa know, National right. Airport exists. That's right. There you go. So, I mean, solved. seriously, if Oxford and Tuscaloosa have airports, I'm just like, I, I, I figured that for sure, because I know Monroe has one. So, <laughs> definitely... You know, maybe maybe not the Delta Devils in, in Itabina, Mississippi. I'm, I don't think they'll have their own airport. I am pleased to I, inform you all that Tuscaloosa National Airport's homepage is the world's gateway to Tuscaloosa. And you scroll down and there are little clicky boxes that say pilots. And then the second box down is game day. <laughs> Perfect. I think uh, college's website is like that, too, where the game day is like half the website. That's awesome. I love this. <laughs> I love how it's not international airport. It's just national airport. Oh yeah, no, it's you know we're not international. We're not going to even we're going to try to claim that. So, I mean, he, he, like flying like from Tuscaloosa to like what the Bahamas, maybe I don't. Serves <laughs> at least country. ten surrounding counties, as well as the University of Alabama Jamaica, and Mercedes-Benz International. Maybe. They can hit Jamaica, maybe Tuscaloosa to Auburn. Cancun. The Auburn Airport yeah, is the one that needs to be international to get Brian uh, Harson to down to. Great point. <laughs> Oh, I just want to say, I was just talking about Itabina with a few people, and I thought about you, Kamish, while I was doing it. So. <laughs> awesome. I remember when Jerry Kill got the New Mexico State job, and they posted a picture of the private plane they sent him on. And New Mexico State's private plane looked way sketchier than a plane that I would ever feel comfortable going on for a lot of reasons. It looked very frightening. It looked like the airplane that the uh, the Cleveland Indians flew on in Major League. Yes, that's exactly what it looked like. So, Kamish, what is Wisconsin up to? I know they hired Luke Fickle, and then they hire Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator from North Carolina. And oh, no. Yes. What, what happened? Oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> what he happened, just Andrew? up over the goal line and fumbled right into the hands of a defensive lineman for the Bengals, and he <laughs> ran it back. Sam Hubbard ran it back. For a touchdown. So that's where I end the game, if anybody's wondering. Uh, we'll so see that happened. We have a live reaction to a thick six in the. Uh, yeah, Sam Hubbard's pretty thick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see if he breaks the plane. So he, he tries to jump over like uh, KJ Jefferson did earlier this year for Arkansas. And I don't know if he got in. So, oh no, he's not even close. Yeah, it's a touchdown <laughs> for Eddie. Wow. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, no way. <laughs> I just seen the, I've seen the video. That's the fastest Sam Herbert has ever run in his life. 98-yard <laughs> return. He wanted that scoop and score real bad. Typical Ohio State want, want wanting us to talk about Wisconsin. 
course. So yeah, so Kamish, <laughs> tell me what's up with Wisconsin. Every time somebody says something like happens with Wisconsin, my brain just automatically goes to what what is Wisconsin doing up there? <laughs> I'm very confused. So every time I'm just like, what is and then like I I don't really pay attention to the recruiting and or the NIL drama too much at, at all, really, because I mean the ULM's quarterback transferred portal to North Texas, but you know, really, I was like, every time I get a piece of news of Wisconsin, I'm like, what, what is, what is Wisconsin doing? Like, they have the offensive coordinator. They're getting like four or five star wide receivers. <laughs> they, they, they got the new offensive coordinator. Now they have like a a fancy billboard in Chicago. <laughs> Where it's like from Madison to Wisconsin, the pipeline starts here. Oh, I forgot exactly what it says. <laughs> and it's just like I'm like, what is Wisconsin doing? Are they trying to like they're they're trying to de Big Ten West or our Big Ten West? I'm I'm not. I'm kind of like, hey, I'm I'm not I'm not for this here. It is not for us to know or understand Wisconsin. That is my just, position. Can you imagine going to a Wisconsin football game and watching them run air raid? People are going to be really mad. Yeah. So I actually want to touch on this because when Fickle was at Cincinnati, they ran a power run style game. Yeah. We talk about what they were doing as, as one of the best P5 pro, or to me G5 programs. They were running a power heavy game and winning with solid defense. I mean, they just sent two cornerbacks to the NFL in the last draft when they, when they went to the, when they went to the playoff. Right. And one of the things that I really think people forget is that several years ago, a small time QB from North Carolina State named Russell Wilson transferred to Wisconsin. (laughs) And the offense that Wisconsin was running at that time was a point a minute high flying passing offense that had a power running game behind it. And they used the pass to set up the run. You know, I, I, I always tell people, you know, one of the first games I remember of that kind of new style of Wisconsin was when they went to Ohio State or, or Ohio State came to Camp Randall and they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. This is 2010. And they, they punched Ohio State in the mouth and they kept punching. Mm-hmm. And they beat Ohio State. And they did the jump around in the fourth quarter. And then they, they scored another, I think they scored 14, 17 points in the fourth quarter. And everybody was like, where did our Wisconsin go? Where did our run the ball first and only Wisconsin go? And it didn't go anywhere. They just were throwing the ball a whole lot to complement that running game. They were hitting big plays in the passing game. And I think Fickle is looking at this and saying, we could just do that again, yeah. where we have the power running game, but we supplement big plays with the passing game. And I'm super excited to see it. I mean, this is going to be great. I mean, you know, I, was, I made the joke in the Discord earlier. You know, they put it in there because that they think they're Wisconsin, they're Chicago's number one team, and a small private school in Chicago closed their program in the '30s. Haven't had football since. They don't <laughs> even have that professional football. I, I, they keep talking about this professional football. It's not in Chicago. Yeah, I never heard of that. <laughs> Justin Fields over here, Lou. Oh, he was a great uh, Georgia uh, 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 punter, wasn't he? <laughs> yep, exactly right. Sounds about right. The the funny thing about Wisconsin is now they have SMU's quarterback Tanner Mordecai. Oh, that's right. They also got a quarterback from Oklahoma, Nick Evers. There's like two four-star quarterbacks and then like a proven one there. I was looking up Phil Longo's offensive, like his offensive game plan, because again, mm-hmm. anytime somebody talks about Wisconsin, I'm like, what, what is Wisconsin doing out there? I'm very yeah. confused. So it says this quote on Phil Longo's 
Wikipedia page. A practitioner of the air raid offense, Longo chose to adopt the offensive system after meeting then-Kentucky offensive coordinator Mike Leach, rest in peace, at a coaching clinic in the late 1990s. Unlike the standard air raid offense that is pass-heavy, Longo's offense is designed so that it can be both pass- or run-oriented, and it is not decided until until it's the game time, essentially. So you never know what type of offense Phil Longo is going to throw out week to week, apparently. I, I like the tagline, like, what is Wisconsin doing up there? That's it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what they're doing. It is not for us to know. They don't I want know. to tell us. None Making shall... delicious cheeses, cheeses and sausage. That's it. Yeah. And bear. None shall, none shall know this game. Guys, I want to talk about my hero, Cliff Kingsbury, this week. <laughs> He gets fired from the Cardinals and people ask him, hey, what are you going to do? Like, hey, you looking at OC jobs? He goes, nope, I'm taking my 5.5 million and I'm getting a one-way ticket to Thailand. And I'm saying, fuck it. God, this is this is what we always joke about. We always say that when these people get fired with these crazy buyouts, don't go try to find a new job right away. Just like even the ones that decide they're going to go, oh, I'm going to go do broadcasting for a year no just don't do anything like like Cliff, seriously come back and get a job wherever it's when, fine. when matt rule got fired by the panthers he was owed 40 million mm-hmm. and he could have just did nothing for like seven or eight years or whatever and just cashed those checks he wanted to go back to the land of lincoln i guess to continue coaching Cl- he Cliff screamed said, at by nebraskans for a couple of years why would you do that <laughs> gene chizik is the best example of this for me like, well, my guy, you got a national championship. You guy. could be living the life. And what are you doing? Getting your ass handed to you, running a terrible defense at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Why? You mean getting to the ACC championship game? Yeah. How'd that go? I, don't, I didn't watch it. I, I know that. Uh... <laughs> I, that's, 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 a, that's a long time ago. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't UNC go fans well. were glad to be there. Look, I mean, Matt Rule really wanted to get back into it and now he thinks he's in the best place and cliff kingberry wants to take a vacation don't call me i don't want to talk about any i don't want to talk about any oc job it's great it's It's so good so 5.5 million a year i did tweet this i I am pulling this up so that's 180 million four hundred thirty-five thousand five hundred forty-six, and then 75 cents of thai bot currency (laughs) And shit in Thailand is not that expensive. So once you're no. there, you could live like a fucking king on that yeah. much money. Thailand is cheap. Getting there is expensive. Once you're there, shit is cheap. They're going to find him on, on the shores of Phuket, just <laughs> drunk off his ass for months at a time. He's going to stay at some resort for years. It's going to be like there was an episode. There was a season of Archer that ended with him going on like a binge and he woke up at some, you know, resort. Like, yes, great cliff. Just go for it. That's what I would do. <laughs> I, I, That's season three. And I know that because I own them all on DVD. I love Arch. <laughs> I, it's it's absolutely what I would do. And I guess I'm not built like a like a football coach. And I guess I used to be built like a band director where this is something that could be in my mind. Even if I got fired or something or I had to quit something, I'm just going to go someplace else. I'll go teach bands some more. And sometime in the last four years, that part is just broken with me. So if I were getting paid $5.5 million, I'd be like, nope, I'm going to go just have some fun. Relax, enjoy it. Who cares? Good for him. I'm happy for him. There's yes. there's some weird things that I found out on Twitter, like a uh, 
a one one way flight to to Thailand has some interesting meanings on both sides of things. I don't want to get too far <laughs> into it, uh, but he is forty three years old. He has never been married, allegedly, which we don't I know like for sure. Allegedly. allegedly, I don't. Who knows? I mean, I could not. I could not definitively figure that out. We know the meme where the guy sprinkles allegedly. Allegedly, that's allegedly. right. Just, just <laughs> allegedly everywhere. I didn't know Cliff Kingsbury was from San Antonio, though. I knew um, that, but I didn't know the second part. He did play for the New Braunfels Unicorns. Fuck yeah, so, he was a unicorn. Uh, the high school state. Yeah, which is weird. He's from San Antonio, but he went up the road a little bit to New Braunfels for the Unicorns. So yeah, that's that was interesting. I knew he played for Tech. I I didn't realize he was from San Antonio. The only one quarterback that I really remember from San Antonio is Trevor Knight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that that's the one because he played for like the was it the AAF, the San Antonio Commanders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I never knew Cliff was from San Antonio, but the true commanders. The, well, Commission, when we roll commanders. when we roll through New Braunfels this summer and get you on one of those big water slides, like you still owe me. Oh uh, wait, I do will, owe uh, that, right? Yeah. What, huh? I, well, was, what was the bet? You still owe me five bucks, so it's fine. I owe you five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I get I it think, after I do the slide, right? Okay. I think I think I think it was I think it was because I think it's because they beat Raging Cajuns. Oh, that's right. It's probably it was a good thing. So yeah, we're gonna get you on a big slide at Schlitterbahn. It'll be fun. Yes. Hottest, coolest time in Texas. Earlier on, I tweeted out about all the great football leagues that are starting up soon. We talked about all these things and wanted to just say the XFL is starting practice this week. I want you guys to try to name as a group the XFL teams in this newest iteration of the XFL. Well, can I just get the one out of the way? You know, the one in San Antonio. It's the San Antonio Brahmas. The Brahmas. All right, go ahead. Uh, it's the only one I knew. <laughs> Pittsburgh got has one, but I don't know what the mascot is. Pittsburgh there does is... not have one. No? Pittsburgh does not. That's the, USFL. The old, XF, the old but... XFL did, too. Okay. But but you have the Renegades. Arlington. Oh, I, I actually do know the Battlehawks, St. Louis. The St. Battle Louis Battlehawks, that's right. Um, what is this website? The DC Defenders. Photo yeah, of okay. Oh, my God. Um, yep. And then there's a Florida team. There is a Florida team. There's a Tampa team. I don't know what their mascot is, though. There's no Tampa team. Uh, is, it, is it Orlando? There's an Orlando team. The, Orlando. Okay, there is, okay, so Orlando. It's not oh, the no. Apollos. Right? It's not the Apollos. That's the champions of the AAF, Orlando Apollos. That they're the Orlando they Guardians. Do. The Guardians. So they have Guardians Defenders or? and Guardians? Yeah. Okay. So we're missing. You got three left, guys. Feels like there's something in Houston. Got it. Yeah, there's a Houston one. Who's the Houston okay. one? Oh, this one I don't know. That's gonna be the Roughnecks. Oh, oh yeah, that was they were in the previous. I did XFL. know that. Okay. All right, yep. Two more. Uh, these are all the same franchises from the previous XFL. If I you remember correctly, two more, and these are out west. I'll say. I was gonna okay. say there have to be some like West Coast teams. Is it the Seattle it? Dragons? Seattle Sea Dragons. Yep. Sea Dragons. Okay, I got that one. And then, and I think the one more at the West Coast is a, is the Demons. Nope. Right? It's gotta be the Los Angeles something, right? No LA teams. No. No. San Diego. Vegas Vipers. Vegas Vipers. Oh. oh, they're playing at something called Cashman Field. That's, uh, I think, that's the AAA stadium for the A's. It is the AAA stadium. You're right. I think uh, we love we love football at a baseball stadium. Well, Allegiant Field is too big, <laughs> <laughs> and also UNLV claims that. So, hold on a second. Um, how long is the XFL season? I don't know. It's a great question. Is, is this going to go into spring ball? 
Catchment Field is a soccer field. Oh, it's a soccer field now? Okay. It was originally built as a baseball stadium, but it is now a soccer field. Okay, Didn't we do so a graphic for the, the length of the season? Baseball inhabited by soccer, and now they're playing football there. Correct. That's so, perfect. So the XFL is going to run yep. from February 18th to the championship game on May 13th. Then the Italian just Football wanna... League starts on March 5th. The USFL oh. starts on April 15th. The CFL starts on June 8th. Um, and then the European Football League or European League of Football. European League of Football, sir. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Starts on June 5th. Yeah, we're going to cover all of that because, you know, again, as we say, all football is good football. I'm a so. huge I'm a huge Seaman fan in the Cut European that. League of Football. I think no. I think Seaman are just going to be great this year. What I city think, are they in? Uh, Milan. Oh, of course, of course. Milano Seaman. <laughs> and they're just going to be great. Farms is Pepper's Farms is going to be furious when they hear that. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> the best The Milano pretty good cookies is a better is a better mascot sure. But I feel like the other good one are the, is the what, the Helvetic Guardians. Mm. Named after a font, I see. Yes. yes. Uh, also, all their stuff is in Helvetica, which is great. Perfect. And their coach is, oh, who was it? It was so funny. Was it Tomasula? No, it was. No, that was somebody else. It was. Tom, Tom Sula is in charge of the rain football it's, team. It's Norm okay. Chow. It's Norm, Norm Chow. Norm Chow, yeah. Ah. We found Norm Chow. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. The rain fire. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. We're gonna we're gonna definitely do all that because oh my god, it's great. I was looking for information about whether the XFL championship game is at a neutral site, and I've discovered XFLboard.com, which is an XFL forum. But I don't know if it's still active. The post I'm looking at, oh, it, it is still active. Oh, like from 2001 or something. It's great. We we okay. gotta send our friends at Message Board Geniuses over there. <laughs> I want to get people just so angry about. I bet there are some like nuclear takes in there somewhere. We just have to find them. There have to be. My question is, uh, I don't know if anybody knows, how much is The Rock going to be involved uh, as the commissioner of the XFL? I mean, he's going to do like the intro thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Is he going to be doing that again? Or is he going to be sitting on the sidelines in a suit like Goodell? This is the XFL. God, they're they're gonna try to make this legit, and oh I hope God. they don't make it too legit. Thursday nights and Monday night, why? Why not? Can't compete with the USFL. That's why. That's right. I saw a, I saw a USFL commercial today during one of the games. The NFL playoffs. I saw like yeah. USFL commercials. I'm like, all right. Oh yeah. Do it. D- don't forget, the NFL tried to smother the USFL in its crib 40 years ago. Yeah. Never forget that, folks. <laughs> Who decided that the Spurs need to play in the Alamo Dome this week? The San Antonio Spurs, not the not Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> that would have been that would have been better if they would, had been the ones. That would have been way better. They set it up like the like they've had the Final Four in the Alamo Dome before, so they know how to set it up properly. Except this time, it was just like a tiny little court in the middle with some bleachers around it, giant gap. And then everyone else, they, they, they had a record. It was like 65,000 people watching a basketball game. 68,000. Sure. Whatever. Fine. I mean, I don't <laughs> look, I live in San Antonio and I'm surrounded by Spurs fans. I'm not a Spurs fan, but That's I am surrounded issue, by Spurs mine. fans and they're like, ah, what? That's your issue. Not mine. Go Spurs. Go I baby. Know. Yeah, sure. You can do that. Love Spurs. No. 
I, I have I have thoughts on this because the NBA has been trying to have outdoor games or tried to make outdoor games a thing the same way the NHL was doing their winter classic. Yeah. You know, the NBA was playing at like Rucker Park and did like a whole like they set up bleachers around Rucker Park and then they tried to have a basketball game there. I'm morbidly curious who made the decisions on this, because to your point, they've played basketball in the Alamo Dome before. Yeah. So they could have set this up just like a final four game and it could have been a very intimate setting like you had to be there type of thing but they did they really want 68,000 people in the they wanted the record they wanted the record the whole point of setting this up was to get the attendance record the I I believe the Hawks the Hawks had the record previously probably played it in the Georgia Dome or something yeah Yeah, they played it in the Georgia Dome so the whole point of setting this up was to set the, the NBA single game attendance record for the regular season so like the sight lines were awful it was like $10 get in. It was just like, whatever, just get in there and fill it up as much as possible and watch the Spurs lose by 30 points. Yeah. It's a great gimmick. I love it. When they used to play there full time, they cut the dome in half. For the yeah, curtain. there was like a curtain. Mm-hmm. There was like a curtain where there was only like half of the dome. Not even half of the dome, really. No, like was, one side was, was just a curtain. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this one, they just opened the whole thing up. I'm glad they didn't do like the Final Four style of it where they like raise the court, like the court was actually like on the floor mm-hmm. to like, you know, not have any injuries or anything. But that was the whole point was just to be like, we set the record. Hooray. <laughs> to be fair, when they were playing in the Alamo Dome, that would have been the ABA. And before they got into the NBA no. and when they were still nope, wearing nope. the, nope. they were, nope. I thought they were playing there during their ABA days. Nope. nope. That would be, they didn't exist. That didn't exist during the ABA days. They play, we were playing out the old, uh, Fairgrounds, whatever the fuck that place is. The called. Hemisphere Arena. Yeah, Hemisphere. Oh, I didn't know that. I always thought that it, during their no, the, days, they the played Alamo, Alamo Dome wasn't built until I think like '93. So uh, that was like a little earlier than that because that CFL was '93, so maybe '92, very '92, yeah, very '92. That was like the the Sean Elliott, David Robinson, Mario Ellie Spurs, Dennis, I guess. Dennis, Rod- Dennis Rodman Spurs. Well, I mean, <laughs> Rodman was only there for like two years, but yes. He was an NBA jam. That's how I know it. That's it. Excuse me. I didn't there know that. I yeah. thought the Alamo Dom was very old. No, it just it just it just fucking looks just that kind way. of old. It's just <laughs> kind of old. It just looks like it's been there forever because they've never had a they've never had a serious football tenant there until UTSA decided to have football. Meeps make, keep making it look great. Meeps mm-hmm. guys, I want to talk about handball. Can we talk <laughs> about handball? Yes, it's the like, off season. Let's the, go. The pole with about the Polish. You want, Jordan? You're the captain. The player whose name is is Siko? Yes. Siko. The the Polish the Polish Siko <laughs> handball player. <laughs> so this was amazing because the U.S. actually won a match. Yay! The U.S. has never won a match at the World Handball Championships before, and that's amazing. So, surprise, surprise. At the Olympics, I tend to seek out weird sports, surprising mm-hmm. no one, right? What? Me and curling, okay? Yeah. I, it's Love been a long curling. Mind. He's fucking yelling at curling people. Weird. Come on. The yeah, curling, curling, curling is mainstream at this point, but at one point it was weird. Mm-hmm. But but they never show handball over here because we never have a team in the Olympics for handball. But now we had a team at the U.S. at the, at the World Handball Men's World Championship, and we won a game. Now... What is our point differential? U-S-A. Negative 17. 
Mind your business. USA. They're going to 17 point differential. Did the U.S. win big? No, it was 28 to 27 over Morocco. Yeah, they got like a red card. It was. It was. It was, just... <laughs> yeah. it, was it was not a great game. Did the U.S. lose the next match? Oh yeah, 40 to 22 over to uh, lost to Croatia. Doesn't matter. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just so happy. And again, we need to have. Where where are the next great handball players in the U.S.? In what gym are those kids learning handball right now? Oh, I, I was going to say they're all playing other sports, but mm-hmm. but yes. But what if, we, what if we took what if we took LeBron James and taught him handball? Clearly, we would just win the World Cup, right? That's how this works. What if we until took, the other people scheme him out? Yeah. What if we took Charles Barkley and put him in a corfball uniform? Mm, I don't know just, about that one. He would just win. Perfect. What if, what if we took LeBron James and had him play korfball? Done. I would just like mm. to take this moment to do what is my want and read directly from the USA Handball Wikipedia, pa- Wikipedia page. Yes. Do it. The United States do, National do, 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 Handball do, do, do. Team is controlled by USA Team Handball. Due to disputes over funding, general lack of fiscal discipline, and accusations of incompetence, on February 14, 2006, the USOC revoked the governing duties of handball from the United States Team Handball Federation, but has since selected USA Team Handball as the uni- new United States national governing body. That is the like leading paragraph on the United States Men's National Handball Team on Wikipedia. Sounds like a great 30 for 30 in the works. Yes. I would also mm-hmm. like to take this moment to note that the United States men's national handball team has automatically qualified for the 2028 Olympics because they're in LA. Hey. That's, that's um, always, those are always my favorite is when someone hosts the Olympics and they have to put up teams in places that they have no business being. The, yep. the, the team Great Britain's basketball team, for example. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Yep. Go ahead, guys. You know what? You do you. You're you've got to be there just go for it hey guys from like uc irvine play it was not good yeah <laughs> that's that's absolutely what you want okay. so we need we need to as a country decide that we're going to go all in on every sport we have enough people so just start picking up sports and start going all in on them you know what we're going to be handball champions we're going to be fistball champions yes beach handball exists Yes. I'm learning more and more that there's just beach everything. <laughs> like we don't need to have all these sports on the beach. You know, I, I watched the beach corfball championships, and you know what I decided? Yes. We don't need beach corfball. It's not necessary. <laughs> the only thing they have that's interesting is they have a two point line. Who won? <laughs> two I point remember. beach corfball. It, it was not. It was not. It was not the Netherlands who wins everything. Okay. Which I was the first think it would be the Netherlands. Yeah, there's not, not many beaches in. In the Netherlands, I believe. No, because they they build their fucking land on the beaches. That's all. Yeah, the, there's there's the a lot of oceanfront property, but I wouldn't call it a beach per se. Mm-hmm. That's the whole country. So, Kamish, what is the chili bowl? I saw this mentioned a bunch, and I have no clue what it is. So it's it's I... racing. Mm-hmm. It's midget racing. Mm-hmm. So it's just basically it's a midget race car, and it's a quarter mile dirt oval track inside. The <laughs> Tulsa Expo Center is basically it's called the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. It is called the Super Bowl of Midget Racing. It's yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous. It's just yeah. 
For, for those of you who are not familiar with auto racing, uh, midgets are a variety of sprint car, but they are smaller. So like the ones with the roof wings where like one side goes up and one side goes down, that, but small and inside. I was getting very concerned. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, no, uh, this is not a, not, yeah, it, it sound, if you don't have the context, it sounds like it could be uh, questionable. It's not. That's just okay. what its name is. Okay, I was just, I was wondering if what we were doing here. <laughs> I purposely didn't give it context just to, <laughs> just to make it a little bit Make me very uncomfortable. Thank you. No, but I feel like this is like the biggest event that Tulsa holds uh, besides the, the Golden Hurricane football team but the tulsa expo event center it's been going on since 1987 it it's just basically there's like heat races dash races like people flipping these little tiny like race cars i think i saw that i saw a car flip like four times and then catch on fire yes (laughs) all inside so i'm sure that smells great oh i can't imagine the air quality in there (laughs) oh no yeah. Get, get your annual like recommended dosage of carbon monoxide in like an hour. Ugh. I'm gonna go in there. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Uh, what is your air quality indicators in this location? Uh, do you have a Do you have a filter? I think they can open some windows. I don't know. <laughs> I I uh, I'm on the Wikipedia page, and this year's winner. I went to his Wikipedia page, and the photo of him is blurry. <laughs> <laughs> It's Love extremely it. blurry. I, I just want to read this. It's like five-time Chili Bowl winner, Sammy Swindell. Is the Hula Bowl an all-star game? Yeah. It's so like the Hula he's... Bowl is is like the, it, it used to be the bowl that was like the Senior Bowl. Okay. There was like two of them. So it was like the Senior Bowl and the Hula Bowl. And the Hula Bowl is kind of like taking a back seat a little bit to that. It used to be in Hawaii, which it's no longer. It was at UCF Stadium. Oh, the the Bounce House. house. Yeah, that's right. Uh, my favorite thing about the Hula Bowl is it's the one where you have your normal helmet, your normal team helmet, and then you have stickers of like other colleges on that. So like okay. you'll have like the weird, you have like basically uh, let's say a Fresno State player, and he's got stickers of like K State, uh, Fordham, you know ULM on one side of it or something. Like there's just random logos all over these helmets, which I really love that about the Hula Bowl. It makes no sense. But it's some weird tradition that they do. And so, like, whoever your teammates are, you kind of just gather some. And so your helmet looks normal, but then in blank spots, you have other crazy different logos. My favorite thing about the Hula Bowl, I really don't – it doesn't matter who won, of course. It's kind of like the Pro Bowl. But the my favorite thing is just, just listing the touchdown passes and, like, what school they're from and where what school the wide receiver or tight end was from. So it's a lot of fun. So uh, – just, I'm just going to read them off here. So Kansas State quarterback Adrian Martinez threw a touchdown pass to that is Furman wide receiver Ryan Miller. So yeah. K-State to Furman. Then you had Fordham quarterback Tim Demerat throwing a touchdown to UAB wide receiver Trey Shropshire. And then, you know, wasn't much scoring in the game. But you had East of Carolina's quarterback Holton Ehlers throwing a touchdown to a UCLA tight end Michael Azike. I love it. Or if I said really right. talking about how great a name Hunter Ehlers is this year. Holton Ehlers. Holton. Holton. He does seem like a pirate captain. I'll oh, say God. that. Captain. Shout out to uh, 1983 Hula Bowl MVP Dan Marino. That's right. Ooh. Wait, who? <laughs> Never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I totally to heard of him. Are you kidding me? Well, that's from Pittsburgh. Mom from Miami. Are you kidding me? I can yeah. never. I said, yeah, no, he's in your heart. <laughs> Wherever I go, Dan Marino's watching me. <laughs> like he's dead. Like he's dead. He's not. He's, he's just around. He's like very me. much not dead. Um, I do no, like the all. idea of the the Dan Marino Panopticon, though. Like he's just watching. Yeah. So here, here's like some hula bowl helmets. I'm just showing you what they look like. Oh, that's beautiful. It goes that's really cool. well with the hula bowl logo, which is super Hawaiian. And then they just photoshopped Orlando over the football. That's part of the yeah. logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like some of the other ones, like if you had like a Wisconsin helmet, this one's a big picture. I don't know if it's going to go. Can I? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so Why? there's like a whole bunch of different logos all over your helmet. They're everywhere. And Can I, we I just love that? that about the game because it's ridiculous. What if we beveled that? At, uh, all the sure. logos on the helmets. <laughs> Double every single logo on a helmet. And somebody tell me in the mentions today is like, "Hey, no, they didn't deserve a bevel." And I'm like, "Are you? Yeah. Do you wait, what? Yep, have higher standards. Have higher standards. <laughs> have you met us? Bevel before you? No, they didn't. They don't deserve a bevel. We're so fucking serious about our things. That's that's what that's what we're I about. Love that. This is what I seriously. love. Like they take they take this serious. It's like, ah, no. This they is a real honor. They don't deserve this honor. This is an honor. Honor and a privilege, damn it. That's right. Imagine imagining watching, us having standards. Yeah. <laughs> I keep watching that, that Ravens play. Uh, the Ravens and Bengals return. I don't, I still, <laughs> like when it happened, I don't think I reacted and I looked and I'm like, what is going on? I, I keep watching it. I'm just, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't are, the know gonna, are the Bengals going to win this thing? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Well. They're trying. Ravens, Ravens are marching, it looks like, yeah. Drama. Minute 14 left. Oh, wait, so, no. I, I don't you are talk very about... behind, Kamish. Ah, yeah, I don't wow. want to talk about it's a ton of NFL stuff, but I do want to mention the Jags game. Trevor Lawrence goes out there, throws three picks in the first quarter, four in the first half. <laughs> they go, Jags go down 27-0, only 27-0, which was surprising. And then the second half, Jacksonville wakes up and they no, win 31-30 over the Chargers. It was Oh. I don't I don't watch a ton of NFL, but I just happened to put this one on. And lo and behold, it I, I don't know if I caused it or if the Chargers caused it, but something <laughs> happened. And holy crap. I, I'm I'm gonna say this. Like once the the Jags went down. 27 nothing. I was like, I know it looks bad for the Jags now, but keep in mind they are playing the Chargers. Yeah, you said it. One of one of the few teams that could probably blow this game. And lo and behold, they did. I I think I've I think I've said it here, but I'll say it again. I've only ever been to one NFL game in my life. Okay. Really? It was a yeah, only one. It was an Oilers, which shows you how long ago it was. Good it, was Lord. Oiler, it was an Oilers Bills game. It was the last wow. game of the season. And the Oilers beat the Bills big. And it just so happened the next game, they were playing again. Oh, no. In Buffalo. And I was, as a young Oilers fan, I was like, this is probably oh. fine. This is great. Oh, no. And the next <laughs> game, of course, was the infamous Oilers blown lead. Oh. So that was my first real football experience. And you wonder why I fucking hate the NFL. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. Yikes. No shit. It was real rough. 
That's really not good. Yeah. Imagine having ever attended an NFL game. Have you not? No. Yeah, I, I I've been to one. I, I it was a, it was a long ass time ago. I said it was in the Astrodome. It was the Oilers. So I should tell you everything you need to know. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm the outlier here. I've been to a lot of NFL games. No. A ton. I've only been to one also, and it was a game where Jameis Winston went crazy against the Rams. So there you go. <laughs> I in LA. And uh, I think Jerry Goff threw four interceptions. I I saw Jim Kelly and Warren Moon play. Wow. And I, I've seen really, really bad football in the NFL. I'm talking about like mid eighties. You watch Buccaneers. a lot of, there's a lot of saints. Yeah. A lot Buccaneers of saints. saints. Oh. Like, saints until Drew Brees. Oh, my, oh any, saints before Drew Brees. Yes. Yeah. Just, just do it anytime. Sorry. I've seen it all. It's, it's, it's just, I mean, I, I suffered through the Ditka saints years oh. where we had two different yes. Billy Joes as our quarterback. <laughs> uh, both Billy Joe. We, they almost decapitated Danny Werfel. Uh, like, <laughs> just, just, I mean, really bad. I mean, we had some good times with Bobby Abair, uh, the Cajun Cannon, but I just couldn't win that playoff game. And you know, we had Jim Moore as our coach, the the infamous playoffs guy. Playoffs, but no, I've <laughs> seen some really bad, really, really bad NFL football, and so this is probably why I'm doing this now. I think. Yeah. Uh, so you could probably thank the Saints. Like, I mean, oh my God. Like, I mean, oh, just so bad. The high school years of the Saints were the trading everything for Ricky Williams. Oh. Um, oh. Him in the yeah. wedding dress with Ditka. Remember that? Not being able to pronunciate anything <laughs> New Orleans <laughs> at all. It's so bad. But it was, I mean, I don't care. I was just going. Nobody was going to these games. I'm like, I'm showing up. Let's watch. I, I think that's the, that's the thing is that I grew up, my excuse is that I grew up nowhere near an NFL team. Houston was my closest team. And that was five and a half hours away from home. There, like, there was just, it was not reasonable. And, no, not at all. And yeah, that's, you know, San Antonio was my big city, like I said. So San Antonio didn't have one. I wasn't going. Nope. But I, I, yeah, I, my one game was an Oilers game. Go figure. I, uh, I grew up a Jets fan, so that would have required going to New Jersey, and that was just that was just too much. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Why would you do that? Don't go to New Jersey. It's like the dark place. North New Jersey, South New Jersey is fine. South New Jersey is like nice-ish. Uh, Cape no, May is fine. Princeton's cute. I like Princeton. I thought you were a Dartmouth fan. I know, but the city's nice, not the place. So. As part of our off-season project, we want to do sort of a This Week in Seiko's History, where we sort of highlight weird things in college football or just sports in general. And this week, Kamish wants to talk about the 1964 Liberty Bowl. Can I do like a, a fancy intro where you do like some old-timey music and I go, This Week in Seiko's History. There we go. I'll cut that right there. Perfect. And oh. what happened? Oh, man. What happened? Oh, okay. Uh, Hail Mary like, almost completed, but oh, incomplete. Wow. It was really close. The, the, Bengals, win. the, Bengals, the Bengals, Bengals hang on to win. Bengals wow, win. Close. Oh, my. So tell us, Kamish, a little about the 64 Liberty Bowl. So the 1964 Liberty Bowl, it was the, I believe, the fifth year of the Liberty Bowl uh, ever existing. 
the first year of the Liberty Bowl, uh, which was normally held in Philadelphia at the time, 1959 was the first year. So it was played in Philadelphia outdoors, outdoors for the first four years. The inaugural uh, Liberty Bowl was Penn State beating Alabama by 7-0 in front of 30,000 fans in Philadelphia Municipal Stadium. Then it was downhill from there, and it saw fewer than 10,000 fans to watch the 1963 edition between Mississippi State and North Carolina State. Uh, The organizers were taking a loss of 40,000. You could totally, by the way, Mississippi State, NC State, Sounds like the best fucking mayo bowl I've ever heard of. We need to, we need yes! to, we need to get yes. this, we need to get this in place. But the idea of in 1963 convincing a bunch of people in Philly to go watch Mississippi State, North Carolina State outside in December just seems like such a hard ask. Yeah, very difficult. Philadelphians will go watch anything. You get, you guys see the guy that like ate a whole chicken out in front of the Walmart. That is there true. Were like hundred people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this one basically was kind of the first cold weather bowl too yeah at the time there wasn't really like many bowls up north like there are now like the military bowl or the pinstripe bowl whatever you have now the frigid temperatures at the year's end in the northeast led to the game being called the deep freeze bowl so basically you were lucky enough to go to the deep freeze bowl which was the liberty bowl which you know again maybe you could say the same thing about the pinstripe bowl um, I mean, at least the quick lane bowls in the dome. I'll say that. But like, you know, really nothing's being held outdoors in Minnesota for a bowl game either. So the organizer of the Liberty Bowl, his name was Bud Dudley. It's a good name. Good <laughs> yeah, old timey yeah, name. Like Bud Dudley. Bud was ready for a change and he was receptive to an offer from a group of Atlantic City businessmen. <laughs> So Bud Dudley, the inventor essentially of the Liberty Bowl, was was ready for a change. And then some gentleman from Atlantic City, not shady at all, not at all, um, trying to help revive the then fading Jersey Shore, which I feel like the Jersey Shore has been fading. Wait, it was fading in 63? Yes. Yeah, been- I feel like I feel like the Jersey Shore has been fading ever since it's been there. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. What? Sorry to offend Jersey Shore people. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of Jersey slander in this episode, I'm realizing. <laughs> like, all the Rutgers fans, how dare you? Uh, just, I mean, Andrew's like, whatever. I'm from New York. You know, yeah, we're, okay. we're, we're cool. Go, Ohio's lost the Rutgers today, so keep it coming. <laughs> I, I'm a Pennsylvanian. You are never going to get me to like New Jersey. Like, all right, how we roll. We'll, we'll keep it going. So <laughs> they, they were trying to revive the then fading Jersey shore resort that included a $25,000 guarantee. So the organizers were taking a loss of 40,000 a year. They were, they're guaranteed, Hey, we will make you $25,000. All you got to do is move your bowl game to Atlantic city, New Jersey, instead of Philadelphia. I mean, it seems legit, right? I mean, this, there's no way this could be a bad idea. None, none whatsoever. So the 1964 Liberty Bowl was the first major bowl game that wound up being played indoors. So it wasn't the first indoor game or indoor bowl game. There oh, was whenever, called... whenever, whenever I fucking say this, everyone loses their mind. Excuse me, in Chicago, they played a game in 1930-whatever indoor. Okay, yes. fine. Yes, right. calm, sure. Calm yourselves. It wasn't even the first indoor game in New Jersey either. So we'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> um, 
there was something called the Boardwalk Bowl before that, and that's just basically Pennsylvania Military College, now Widener University, mm. if I said that wrong. You said it uh, exactly right. Perfect. Sounds like a good way to get a splinter, the Boardwalk Bowl. <laughs> the Boardwalk Bowl, you got a splinter. Uh, versus the United States Merchant Marines. It was yeah, the Merchant Little Marines. Army Navy game. That's right. The thing about this indoor game is the artificial turf was not invented yet, essentially, or not in use yet at mm-hmm. this time. So the playing surface they had inside of this Atlantic City Convention Center was four inches thick of grass on top of two inches of burlap on top of concrete. Jesus Christ. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I can I can just imagine. Like, the bruises must have been, like, full sides of bodies. Didn't we had someone that played in this game tweeted us? Yes, we did. And he said it was miserable. It was miserable. It was like being tackled on concrete, which, which it, it was seems like yeah, it, basically, it, it really yeah. was. Yeah, I'm going to say that. You know, we've seen some videos of this, which we'll probably tweet out again with the podcast episode. But yeah, we've seen some videos of this. It, it was ridiculous. The funny thing about this is that artificial lights were installed in this to keep and they were kept running all day long to help keep the grass growing. Oh, my God. So they so didn't do the, like the grow the, up. Is this the shittiest grow up you've ever well, seen? Also, this was 1964. You imagine how hot those lights must have been? Because they were not. They were not these like low power incandescent. No, these were on fire basically. Yeah, you touch them, you would burn your whole arm off. Essentially, oh, easily, yes. easily. The organizers apparently spent sixteen thousand dollars on the field preparations for the game, and this is what they came up with, which. I don't know what $16,000 is in 1964 money, but it seemed like that was a lot of money. God, so it much money. It just does feel like money laundering. Yeah. Did you, did you see how many attendees there were at this? Uh, so $1 in 1964 is 957 today, which puts okay. us at, calculate, Love this $153,000. So they spent $153,000. Our time money. Guess, I want all three of you to guess how many attendees Wikipedia lists for this game. I'm thinking it's it's five, right? Five grand? No, no, no. Attendees, like how many people were like there? 5,000, you're saying? Uh, like in, in the audience to yeah. watch the yeah. game? Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking it was like 5,000. It may have been more, but. I, like it doesn't look that big. No. It's got to be, it's got to be like 4,000. I will take a little bit higher of a guess and say 7,000. 6,059. Hey. So, so I win prices right rules again, you right? You do. Yes. Yeah. Two in a row. I'm oh, going to the showcase God. showdown. The funny thing about this game, too, to squeeze the game onto the floor of the convention hall, the end zones on each side of the field were shortened to eight yards in depth <laughs> instead of the regulation 10. You can see it in the pictures. That you can see it. Like, you see how tiny these end zones are. It's ridiculous. My God. This happened. Yes. It was the first nationwide telecast of an indoor football game. Hmm. So this was hosted on ABC, which I believe they bid $95,000 for it. To, to broadcast the game. So making a little money in this random getup. 
um, in New Jersey. The two teams that played in this game was Utah, who traveled clear across the country to go to Atlantic <laughs> City, New Jersey, to oh play God. West Virginia. <laughs> and it seemed like Utah was definitely used to getting tackled on concrete because they beat West Virginia 32 <laughs> to 6. That's unsurprising about oh Utah. It's definitely not surprising at all. They they would just, you know, Utah's getting tackled on, you know, all those the stone monuments they have out there. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy landmarks. They're used in to it. National Park. <laughs> the MVP for Utah in this game, his name was Ernest Pokey Allen. <laughs> something something tells me that he wasn't necessarily fast. Maybe he was sneaky athletic. I don't I don't No, know. he also played safety, so yes. he had to be at least a little fast. Well, it was the sixties. So I want I want to talk about Pokey Allen for a second. Okay. Pokey Allen actually became a very well-known coach. Do you know where he coached? No. I'm, on I'm looking at his Wikipedia page, so I will not answer. We both cheated. I see. I am too. Kamish, where did he coach? <laughs> Pokey Allen? Yeah, Pokey Allen. Name sounds familiar. It'd be funny po- if you wound up at like ULM or something. Pokey Allen was sort of the start of the Boise State dynasty. Whoa. Back when they were D- uh, D1-2A. And he had a he led them to the the championship game, and then uh, they lost it though. But in '94 they led him there. He was also they, he also led Portland State to a bunch of playoff appearances in D two. He uh, evidently had a a reputation for uh, personalities and publicity stunts. Danced the hokey pokey when he was at Portland State. Uh, bet a month's salary on attendance at a Portland State game. Uh, did a bunch of commercials in which he promised to have a meteor, an elephant, or himself shot out of a cannon and land in the backyard of anyone not buying Portland State tickets. Cool. <laughs> uh, when he was at Boise State during the run to the 1994 championship game, quote, challenged local supporters and promised to ride a horse in downtown Boise if Bronco Stadium was sold out for their annual rivalry game versus Idaho, who had won 12 straight games over the Broncos. Oh. Stadium was sold out, and he kept his promise. A different time in that rivalry, which uh, is yeah. Imagine, th- imagine that, uh, guys. Uh, I just posted a picture in the Discord of that four foot, the, that four inch thick grass. There is no fucking way that is four inches. That is not four inches. I can see the burlap. <laughs> that is That's that a, is a half inch of sod over burlap. Gravel. And, and seriously, <laughs> this is like there's not no way. Cool. Not what? safe. That's definitely that's that's maybe an inch. Maybe. Uh, I have. I actually found a video from the game. I'll send it there. <laughs> we'll post it later on. But it's great. But it's from that video. It's insane. Yeah, I, watching the highlight was was ridiculous for this one. This is just something that I don't think would ever fly nowadays. But then, you you actually look at what they were playing on in. in the pinstripe bowl and then also the holiday bowl. Yeah. Like, uh, pretty rough. The one thing I just wanted to wrap up the, the, the ridiculousness of this bowl game is that after the Atlantic city experiment, he was just like, I'm done with this. Uh, Bud Dudley moved, moved the game to Memphis in 1965 to make more money. And that's why they called the new stadium that they're building in Memphis, the Liberty bowl in, in portion they they named it the Liberty Bowl because the Liberty Bowl was moving to Memphis. There were some other things associated with it, uh, but a contributing factor of building the Liberty Bowl 
was the the actual Liberty Bowl moving there. So that's why it it is named the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, which really doesn't necessarily make sense. You know, it used to have the Liberty Bell in it, right? I mean, it still has the Liberty Bell in the logo. <laughs> no, the trophy yeah. is actually a Liberty Bell still. Oh, is it really? It oh. still is. Yes, it still is. Gosh. They didn't change it. Um, no, it oh, is still there. It absolutely it's, is. It, it still is. So, like, they didn't change anything except the location. They moved it to Memphis to make more money and get more attendance because apparently Memphis is, is warmer than Philadelphia in, in you know, December. I, I would say yes, most of the time, probably. You telling me you don't like 40 degrees and raining? I mean. <laughs> Considering one of the bowl games I went to this year, that sounds very nice. <laughs> hey, you were in the booth. I know. Yeah, I you're the colder than mine, for sure. It's actually not that cold in New York that day. I mean, all, all I get is all these dome bowl games, which is fine. I'll take it. <laughs> Cowards. Apparently, that place is the, the the place that makes the Liberty Bell Trophy is in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. Hmm. Uh, I don't know Schumer- where that is off the top of my head, but we're going to find Sh- out. Schumer- Schumerich Bells. Schumerich Bells is the world's leading manufacturer of handbells, cast bells, and electronic bells instruments. Oh, it's in Bucks County. That's the Philly Metro. Hmm. Okay. There we go. Bucks County. Mm-hmm. Talk about him. Shout shout out to Bucks County where my my aunt lives. So. Oh, huh. Yes. That was one of the weirdest drives personally I've ever been on. Where I, I was out in Bucks County and I said the word y'all <laughs> to like some other to some other kids my age mm-hmm. at the time when I was there, and they looked at me like I was an alien. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and I was like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. And the fun part about Bucks County was like, yeah, it's just 10 minutes down the road. Oh, yeah, you're going like 70 miles an hour weaving in and out of hills and, oh, yeah. and for, for 10 straight minutes. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, God, I had no idea what this was. Shout uh, out to my aunt's 1999 Chevy Cavalier, me screaming oh in the God. passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, good podcast. This is sort of our off-season vibe. We're going to go at least twice a week for at least a couple weeks going forward until things slow down a little bit. We're sort of on a slower thing. But yeah. Everyone good? <laughs> yes, we're good. Thank you for listening. Okay. Thank you for yeah. listening. Thank Hopefully you. we'll give you something to listen to college football wise because we definitely know we're going to miss it through this offseason. And, and again, we're going to talk about all the crazy football leagues. So there'll be some, some craziness going on and, and just stick with us and We'll try to keep cranking out the podcast as long as we can. This is our this is your semen headquarters going into the spring. <laughs>